Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. There's Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about session prep. So session prep is the usual phrase used when talking about what you need to do before a session. And it is very much a subject of worry for a lot of newer dungeon masters, as eventually everyone does tend to find their own style that does seem to work for them. So the big question being, how much does a dungeon master need to prepare before any session that they play? So on Riftwake, the way I do things is that Generally speaking, uh, sometime before the session, I write a paragraph or so of things that I want that are most likely going to happen. And I predict a couple of steps ahead of maybe one or two steps ahead of what the players could end up with. And I generally lay down whether what characters are going to do uh, most likely consider what options there really are, just leaving enough space open just in case the characters do end up doing something different. And generally speaking, I have that. Typically, most of it just goes straight out of the window when once the session actually starts because <laughs> my players are incredible uh, at fucking up any plans I have. Also, I'm not Thank that you. good at. Also, I'm not that good at predicting um, what the players might do. For example, they killed the fucking drow. A uh, lot of death. All, almighty, powerful drow. A lot of death killing person, and just like. Swatted her away and the like wolves. the bug she was, exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> that's session prep for Wake mainly. So online, there are a lot of resources that describe various ways on how to do session prep, but in general, I would say it is some spectrum that goes between improv and preparation. 
So those two options are the outliers of how a session can be run. You could either have the more towards the outside in DM style as I tend to do, which is that I will have everything prepared. And the far side of that being to try to have an idea before the session of any area that the party would be able to get to within the session time. So what I mean by that is that if you have a party early levels, so they're on foot, okay, how far could they walk to during that session of game time? And then to know, okay, so they're in this wood, so they, so you would need to prep, okay, what might they run into in this wood? And how far can they reach in it? Is there a city on the other side that they're able to reach within session time? And if so, you can prepare, okay, If they get to city, then you would know this is the NPCs or potential adventure hooks that they might run into. And that is very much on the heavy prep side of things. But on the other hand, you can choose to improvise it. The most extreme version of which, don't prep at all. Make up everything as you go along. You could play D&D with absolutely no world building if you're just really good at pulling things out of your ass, you can just make up everything and just make up a name, make up an adventure, make up interactions, make up creatures that they run into. And it's entirely possible to actually do this even and have your players never even know. During my early days as a DM, before I actually made my own world, I was a full on improv DM. I had no prep whatsoever. I would roll dice and just lie and say, oh, yeah, I rolled eight on the D20. That means that this encounter will be wolves. Let's see how many wolves. Another dice roll. Okay, that many wolves. So this is what you're going to fight. And I would just make it up as I went along. I would just make up NPCs as it seemed logical for them to run into somebody. And it was fun. Was it chaotic? Was it consistent? Yes and no to those two things. But we had fun. And as I do so often love to say, that's all that really counts is if you just have fun with it. So how much prep do you need for a game is something that is individual to every single person who runs a game. Do you want to spend a lot of your off time doing the creation and preparation stuff of world building for whatever players might run into? Or do you want to just have a more mild approach in the center of having just some amount of prep? So Nathan actually seems to lean more towards the improv side. And for a couple of reasons that actually make you, Nathan, a very good example of a normal DM, funny enough, which is the fact that You'll prepare just a set of bullet points or a short paragraph, like you said, of this is what I think is going to happen this session. So this is what I just mentally have ready of, Okay, they're probably going to talk to this person. They're hopefully going to go here. But the bane of Dungeon Masters is and always will be your players. Like Nathan said, if you have a plan, your players are gonna mess it up and you're gonna just end up throwing out your notes a lot of the time you can just completely have your plans disregarded by the players making a decision that you don't expect and how you choose to react to that is entirely up to you 
if you want to make the choice of, okay, that just means I need to pre prepare more to try to anticipate what my players were do. You can try going that route, but I will warn you, that is a rabbit hole. Players of Dungeons and Dragons have an amazing capability of finding the one thing you didn't think of. You could have a dozen plans and then they'll find a 13th path. Yes, that's very much the case. And that's why I tend to stand by improv at times. So to show you the power of improv um, DMing, like entirely improv more or less, as a case study, we can use Riffwake episode 20. In that episode, the party goes through an entire mystery thing where they are trying to figure out what happened to Doric, the blacksmith, and what's going on with him. And it sort of unveils itself as the thing goes, here's the thing. I had nothing written for that session because I thought Remy was going to be there. Henceforth, that entire thing was basically off the cuff. I wrote three sentences, all of which did not happen as to it, what, what was written down exactly. However, I managed to, by like keeping my finger on the pulse of what the party was thinking and what things were going on, I managed to twist these three sentences into a pretty good mystery sort of thing that the party had to go through. Exactly. And that is a very common way for a DM to go about things. If you just have a little bit of prep and just a little bit in mind, that can go a long way. Because something that everyone needs to keep in mind, dungeon master and player alike, is the fact that D&D &D is so very much a cooperative game. The analogy that I like to use to think about it is that the DM's world building provides a skeleton to the world, while it is the player's decisions that end up putting the flesh on it. So all the connections and ligaments and all of that, that is needed to make a living, breathing creation. So even though a DM does provide the framework, it is so very easy for that to be disregarded. And that's okay. Again, even though your plans can get thrown out the window, that doesn't mean that what ends up happening isn't going to be fun. I mean, listeners of Roofwick know that Morris and Gorif, so myself and Caden's characters, have a kind of goofy dynamic between the two. But every single time that the two of us do get up to shenanigans, it's practically a guarantee that Nathan is just shredding his notes as we go about our business with whatever shenanigans we get up to. That's definitely true. I, I cannot tell you how many episodes I have written now, like, okay, they're going to do this. Holy fuck, they killed that thing. They're going to do the Oh, they're on fire. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so many times. Um, it has happened on the show. 20. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and again, so the question... That is our main point, is how much do you need to prep? And honestly, let's go through some kind of tips and tricks to just things to think about in terms of if you do lean more towards the prep side of things, how much is enough? And also, I'll even mention what I feel would be going too far. So let's get into that. So I mentioned before that if you're trying to just anticipate where your players are going to be is very much your first step. And that is something that is easier at lower levels. But 
if you are playing a party that is a bit higher up there, it becomes exponentially more difficult because even once players just get access to horses, then that would just mean that they're able to travel that much farther and there's that much more area that they could potentially travel to. But when it goes even higher still, and they do get, if they get access to teleportation, if that's a thing you have in your world, then quite literally the world is available to them. And that becomes much more difficult for a dungeon master to try to make preparations. And it's because of that fact that kind of led me personally to be a kind of odd contrast of outside in DM but improv when it comes to most of my sessions. So at least my personal style that I prefer and honestly do suggest because, well, I found that it works for me, is to have a general idea at least of your world. To just have at least the basics of, okay, this city has... And then just have a handful of bullet points at least of this is what is interesting about this place. And even if you just have that much, that can be enough for you to have something to throw at the players should they just, you know, close their eyes, point at a map and teleport. Because if you have a somewhat chaotic leaning party, like you don't know what they're going to do or where they're going to go. I have had occasions where players would just be mid quest and then they just learn some detail like, oh, oh, this this boss is able to do that. I don't want to fight this guy. Fuck this quest. We're, we're going to Vegas. And, and they pretty much did. They just completely abandoned the quest halfway through because they learned, Oh, this is a thing dangerous beyond what I want to risk facing. And that is a, not something that you typically see in D and D because players rarely choose not to face something so that was honestly something that kind of blindsided me but on the other hand that meant that that person was left alone to go about their business which creates interesting future opportunities the party themselves decided to just you know have a beach day episode to use the anime term but the fact that the party got some downtime led to some nice role play amongst the party it gave me future setup opportunities it created just a lot of opportunities in various ways. So how much to prep every single day is debatable. I like having the world somewhat prepared and then just kind of guess at the moment. On the other hand, you can minimize the world building side on the opposite side of how I tend to do things, but do a lot of preparation before individual session. And this is an area that I personally find to be difficult, but is probably one of the more common ways that people DM, is that they'll only have a rough idea of the far-reaching things, but will just devote more time to the individual prep before session. Again, this is a very common method, but one that I personally do find to be somewhat difficult. So on the improv side of things, improv must be supported by a level of world building traditionally, because that way you can have some ammunition to throw at the players. For example, um, it's very hard to come up with 
things that the players can experience without understanding, okay, what's this city like, so on and so forth. Because once you have that info, you're able to actually come up with better, more focused ideas towards the party. So we've talked a lot about the improv side of things. So going into a little bit more on what to actually prepare for a session. There are many ways to go about this. So if you find something else that works for your style, that's fantastic. This is just generalities. That being said, before a session, the things you need to think about is just what might the party face? So what is the most likely thing that you think your party will face? Now, there are various ways to go about even that. So I myself am a massive fan of charts. So I've made charts for just the various types of environments that exist in D&D. And then within each environment, I will have, you know, easy, medium, hard, separate D20 lists. So what I mean by that, I have, say, forest. Forest are one of the most common things that D&D adventurers seem to end up walking through for lengths of time. So just depending on where they are in the world, I'll know, okay, this is a very dangerous forest, but that one over there is a much, you know, more monitored forest. So there's less dangerous things in that one. So that's what I mean by having easy, medium, hard charts is just that depending on where they are in the world, knowing how dangerous is the area that they're within. And just by putting more effort into the creation of all of these charts, then I don't have to think at all when it comes to actual session time of what random encounters may pop up besides the planned ones that are to take place within certain cities or more, you know, people-centric environments. But when it comes to just you know, grasslands, forests, ocean travel, all of the various biomes that players can travel through by taking the effort to pre-make, you know, easy, medium, hard charts for each of those environments. More work now to do much less work later. And going through the monster manual and just finding, okay, in D&D Beyond, you can actually do a sort by environment of where creatures are so you could actually do a sort of okay these are the forest creatures and then just look through it Ooh, that's cool Ooh, that's cool and then just think well what are the odds of this happening if you have you know a bandit you know a bandit infested forest of some kind then it'd be easy to on that chart just have there be uh you know uh sorry one thing i may have skipped over uh, each of the charts is a d20 list so i just fill out 20 things on the chart based on what is in that environment so if i want bandits to be more common in an area then i might have five of the 20 potential slots be bandits so there's a one in four chance that they'll run into bandits through that particular forest or i might also populate those lists for the for a nicer forest beside the bandits that there can be good encounters on this list too one thing that is very easy mistake to make in DD prep is to always find monsters and negative encounters to throw at your players i highly recommend if you do go on the heavy prep side of things whether that is charts or lists or whatever does work for you 
to have good encounters planned out on the list ahead of time does make the world honestly seem a bit more real. Because if there is constantly terrible things happening to everyone who travels anywhere, well, that's odd to say the least. It doesn't feel as real as there being mixed odds of, you know, there being bandits, or you could have it just be, you know, oh, you just happen to come across a deer frolicking in the woods, and it's quite cute, and it's, you know, just a minor neutral event, and then you all just go about your day, or maybe the party is hungry and decide that they want venison for dinner. Either way, it's just a little detail of just not always having it be bad things that the party run into. Or you could even have that be opportunities for an NPC. Like you could just know, okay, I have traveling merchants in the world. So maybe I can just do on that random list, have there just be traveling merchant as one of the options. And then maybe you'll do a second role to know if they're, you know, if they have goods for sale or if they're in trouble or all kinds of things. So having that kind of prep ahead of time and having all of it for all of the typical situations can be massively helpful for a DM to even run a more improv style game by just doing the prep in the world building time of things and not necessarily immediately before session. But on the other hand, an argument could be made that that is the going too far. So what would you say, Nathan, is the minimum amount for a dungeon master who has done their basic world building already, but just what is the basics of what you would say ought to be prepped before a session? Uh, so you mean bare, absolute bare minimum or? Yeah. Well, in my opinion, when it really comes down to it, what you need is, first off, you need to know where your players are currently, where their characters are. You need to know what's the most recent event that has happened to the characters. And then what you need to do is you just need to come up with what is a conflict or an event that you want to happen during the session. It can be a continuation of what the play, the party is currently going through. It might be something new. You can come up with the base premise for this new event. And that's pretty much it. You just need to have that and then just go straight into it. And generally speaking, as long as you figure out what the players and the characters care about, you can modify the story as you go to capture the players and get them interested. Indeed. And something that was mentioned uh, now and also earlier that I do just need to reiterate, as much planning as you do, whether you are more towards the prepper improv sides of things, your players will mess up your plans flat out. It doesn't matter how much you prepare, it's going to happen. So it is very important for all dungeon masters to, uh, there's no better, better way to say this, unfortunately, but you just kind of got to get used to that. And ideally sooner than later, because if you invest a whole lot of energy into like this awesome boss fight with mechanics that you've made up that are gonna make it like something straight out of a video game that you're super looking forward to and then your players just see oh that's a dragon the size of a 747 uh no thanks and they just completely skip this fight that you have invested a lot of energy and effort into 
So be prepared for players to not take the bait of adventures, of bosses, of so many plans that you make. Players have an unbelievable ability to mess up those plans. Uh, what was the quote? Uh, best laid plans of mice and men oft gang often go awry. So in summation, how much you need to prep depends on how much effort you want to put in during the world building process to do that ahead of time, how much effort you have available to put in before the session, and just how much you want to do. You can do anything from no prep at all to investing hours and hours a week doing it. But in the end, all that really matters is that with what you decide on, do you have fun doing it? And do your players have fun? Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Tier starts low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, we'll be able to chat with cast, and even a shout-out on the show. Find us on social media, on Twitter at Riffwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riffwake, and on Reddit on the subreddit r slash Podcast. And now, send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs and rules at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.